Welcome back to another episode of the Photographer Mindset Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Seth Macy, and typically this is a series where we interview photographers, talk about the right way, the winning strategies, the proper attitudes to have so that we can grow on social media, Instagram specifically. But today I'm joined by someone I've actually done work for and a good friend of mine, Lindsay Skanga, who is a social media director. She's also a conscious digital educator now, is what she's titling herself, which I love. We'll get into how we can grow personally on more platforms and just Instagram, the right way to use social media and where it's heading in the future. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Like I'm a big fan of the true tone or the warm, like after 11 PM, my laptop goes into the night mode. Oh, really? Which is like my cue to stop working. Yeah. Like stop, <laughs> like stop doing work. You need to tell you that. I love that. You have it timed? Yeah, so I guess I could. I I'll tell my people listening. We'll just get right into episode. Yeah. I'll tell my people listening. Um, so at rate at, I, so one of my New Year's resolutions was to, uh, ditch the, the addiction to productivity, mm. like the mad hustle where you. <laughs> wake up at six and I know you know this, but you wake up at six and you grind till two and you just feel like shit for the week. But like, you also feel so good because you've gotten so much done. Yeah. Um, but like I started to see it affecting my mood and like my overall health. Um, so now I'm like a big believer on trying my best to get eight hours of sleep. But the problem is I edit at night. So I have the dark mode or the night mode come on at 11 on the dot until seven so when I'm mid-edit, it's basically my two-minute warning that says, Seth, stop what you're doing. <laughs> Start reading a book and go to bed or just like close your eyes. I love I have, that. I have no discipline otherwise. I'll keep going. No, keep that's going. an excellent tip. I didn't even know you could do that on your MacBook, to be honest. Yeah, like in the settings, you can go to display preferences and you can schedule when you want night mode to come on. One, it's easier on your eyes and it helps you sleep better. But also, it's just like my whistle to call the game. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, it's necessary. I, I think it's so important. It's so important. Right. Well, like as someone who you live and breathe digital media, right? Why don't you, you know what? You're the first non, well, you, you are a photographer. You told me that. Um, but that's not like your main thing, right? You're a digital media coach and consultant. And what's your new, your new uh, bio title? <laughs> Conscious Digital Educator, which I've never seen before and I think is really neat. Um, tell people listening, I guess, a little bit of your background, um, what you do, how you help small businesses and how you help people grow on social media and what a conscious digital educator is. Of course. Well, I'm super excited to be here first and foremost, because I love what you do and I love the knowledge you share best. So thank you for having me on. Yes. And people need to know that we've worked together. Yes. Yeah. Quite a lot. Yes. Um, That is incredible. Yeah. I used to shoot for Lindsay's. Well, I still do, I guess. Mm -hmm. I guess COVID's kind of, kind of changed things, but I've done a lot of shooting for, um, companies that Lindsay is doing social media work and consulting for. So that's how her and I kind of know each other, but sorry, continue. No. So, um, basically my journey started and it, I totally forgot that I told you I used to do photography because my, <laughs> my journey started within, uh, media and digital storytelling. I went to school for journalism. Right. I was obsessed with, um, 
photography and telling stories through images. So as I graduated and I went into the workforce, it made sense to go straight into digital and become a digital editor for a couple different online publications. And I did photography on the side and in coordinates with it, but photography just, it, it was too much to be a strategist and a yeah. <laughs> photographer for my mental health. So I leaned onto the strategy and I, um, I worked for a couple different companies. I went into corporate for social media and in Toronto, that's where I'm based. I had one of the first jobs, I guess you could say as a social media coordinator or director for a yeah. large company. I was going to say you were kind of on the you were sort of right there as corporations were starting to realize, holy shit, like this is important to our business. Oh yeah. It was wild. It, it's six, seven years ago, Facebook wasn't a primary focus for a lot of companies until they started bringing this role on. And there was a handful of us who had social media director created for them for the company. So we were just navigating as we were going. It it was such a cool experience, but also extremely challenging to have a job role that had just been created because they knew that this was going to be a necessity moving forward. Right. And it was one of those things where there was no... Uh, guideline of what you were supposed to do because no. no one had ever been doing it. So I guess that's fun and scary where you get to kind of set the bar. Oh, yeah. Like I would, my friends would be getting a side job working at a restaurant or at a bank and I would take on extra money running the Instagram stories for an event. So I was creating nice. opportunities out of what I knew was what was going to become the main controller of the economy and businesses within the future. And then there was that shift where a lot of us in that like front row of social media either decided to take it into our own hands and start our Mm -hmm. own agencies or our own companies or our own apps or grow with the companies that we were with. So I took the ballsy move at 21 and (laughs) decided to start my own social media agency. Which was originally the happy place, and then you turn it into the social place, which is a great name. Yeah. Um, so tell me what a conscious digital educator is now, what you're titling yourself. What is that? So a conscious digital educator, um, I chose those words specifically because social media is such a powerful tool, but it also holds a lot of negativity and it can be used. Oh yeah. <laughs> it can be used in a negative <laughs> way. So I wanted to let people know that I worked with or in my community or in my circle that I am a digital marketer that works from a place of consciousness, that I'm using these apps to make the world a better place. And I'm not using them just out of greed or spite or manipulation as a marketer, which 90% of the online world really is just manipulating the consumer. So I wanted to ensure people that I'm coming from a conscious place. Um, digital just shares that I'm overreaching all channels. It's not just Instagram, I know, but I know every single platform. And then educator. I don't love the word coach. I don't love the word CEO or founder. Um, the I hype re- words? You yeah. don't like the hype words? <laughs> I don't like them because I, they don't resonate with me in this space that I'm in right now in time, I feel like my main purpose in this season of my life is just to teach people how to use this space to the best of its ability. So would you say that you're teaching people who are entirely clueless or 
is there kind of a spectrum? And I guess we can, this is a good segue into, because on this show, we talk mostly about Instagram, right? This is photographers listening. Um, and, you know, Instagram is visual still media for the most part. I know it's evolving. They've introduced reels, which is awesome. Um, but what are some plot? Do you think things like TikTok and Twitter, how do you see that fitting in for photographers? You know what I mean? Because I think a lot of us, we were talking about this, are getting frustrated with Instagram. I get so many DMs about people complaining about the whipsaw algorithm and how you never know what you're going to get. You might as well just go to a casino and play roulette because one day you could have this incredible landscape photo or portrait that does so well. Um, and that's, you know, that could affect your whole day. And that's a whole other thing because that's social media validation. But the point I'm making is we're dealing with a platform that um, you never know what you're going to get. You could get zero engagement. You can get a ton. You can get a ton of shares. And it's just entirely random. And I think people are getting frustrated with that. Do you think there's some platforms that people are sleeping on? And where do you see the future of social media heading? I think for photographers and businesses in general, platforms are sleeping on 100%. I know that TikTok is love-hate with a lot of people. Either they feel like it's too much and overwhelming or it is debilitating because it consumes all of their time and is a dangerous place for them. Um, But TikTok is an excellent platform just in the way that it enables reach and also the diversity of who you can attract. So the power of TikTok is insane in comparison to Instagram right now. It's its greatest competitor in terms of conversion to sales. For example, there is like, uh, there's an influencer, not even, there's a girl who is just an average girl who lives in the States. And she will go on and she'll talk about clothes. And she talked about a pair of airy leggings and she's in the middle of nowhere and she has no correlation to me. I saw this video. I wanted the leggings. They're completely sold out all over North America. Right. Wow. And that's someone who doesn't have money, who doesn't have backing, who has no affiliation to this app, who isn't verified. The algorithm on TikTok is still so um, in favor of the creator that it's so powerful what you can do when you use it effectively and with a strategy. Um, and when you even just use it, because a lot of these people who have found success on TikTok don't have a strategy. They're just using it a lot and continuously. They don't have a stop and go mentality with it. Um, another space I'm really excited about that I think so many people, especially within like the millennial age group, forget about is LinkedIn. And it's that mm. sleepy giant that we forget is there, but can give you the ability to now seize your way into a market of people who can afford your services or will want to work with you or will realize that, oh, I do need that person in my space. So as a creative, I find it really powerful because I stand out beyond anyone else on that app because of what I say and what I do. So I think those two are good to dip your toes in. And I always say, even if you're like, man, I'm I'm a hardcore artist, I I would never go on to LinkedIn. I would just challenge you to experiment with it from a consumer perspective and see how you could disrupt the space with what you have to say. That's just it, right? Because to me, LinkedIn is... I know how much of a of a tool it could be, mm-hmm. but I find it so bleh. Yeah. Personally, as a person who is stimulated by visual media, I've 
countless times caught myself thinking, how can, how am I supposed to stand out on this platform? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of ethics involved with um, LinkedIn. Like, you, I can't just go and post my my Jasper shots on LinkedIn. Um, so, I think it would be really awesome if someone could develop. I would love to see a stra- a winning strategy for a photographer who's not just selling headshots or right. real estate. Like they're just strictly creative. They're selling prints or whatever and just crushing LinkedIn, for example. I don't know. I, that would be really awesome to see. And maybe people should get in touch with you to work that out because yeah. that's kind of up your alley. But the TikTok thing, going back to that, mm-hmm. I mean, I saw somebody post a story. It was like a they were showing the data between what you need to spend in ads on Instagram <laughs> to get the reach that you get on TikTok for free. For free. And I mean, for free. And I mean, I sound, I'm, I'm a bit of a hypocrite here because I've stayed clear of TikTok. And I'll tell you why. It's for one reason, and you mentioned it. Because I have so many friends hmm. who all day yeah. swipe. Their, th- their thumb must travel 10 miles in a day <laughs> on TikTok. And it's bullshit half the time like it's just there's no substance to it it's adding no value to your life three hours goes by but i mean i guess if you can be one of those people that is consuming other people's time with either i don't know um a video of your behind the scenes if you're a photographer if you're selling like i don't know maybe if you're selling your presets right um it it could be a good avenue but i'm fearful to get on it simply because of that like I don't know if I'd have the discipline going back to like me setting my night mode on my <laughs> on my on my laptop to go to bed, you know. So, but just I don't know. Yeah, it's something it's 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 interesting to think about. And I think a lot of older people are are intimidated by TikTok. So, how oh, would yeah. someone like that get over that? Do you think? I would again be a consumer of the platform. I always say I don't I don't encourage consumption, but I encourage research and development. So I almost want you to think about these apps as your spaces of work. So when you go on them, you're going on them for research and to understand how to use them for your business. And when people who are older or maybe less experienced with the digital media go onto these apps, I encourage them to search specific things to see themselves in success. There are so many people, they're even saying now, the, the ages on TikTok are rising every single day. Really, yeah? Yeah, because older millennials, baby boomers even, they're understanding that it's a space that they can capitalize off of, especially for those brands or those um, entrepreneurs or photographers who want to capitalize off of the younger demographic. It is the space to play right now. Right. And I think it's important for people listening when you say... Um, when you're mentioning, you know, it's a great place to be to sell your business. People, people listening, don't forget, like your brand, your personality is your business yeah. if you're just the photographer. So, I mean, and if it gets more people to your website to buy your prints or to buy whatever you're selling, maybe you're selling like camera apparel. Um, it, it all, it's the same thing as if you were selling coasters or candles, oh, right? Yeah, um, it's opportunity. You know I mean? Like my, I always get this question, like. What's the metric we're looking for? What's the conversion? What? How many followers am I going to get? Like, what do I get for being on these apps? And I right. always say opportunity. 
We're not looking for anything else because if you're on TikTok and yeah, maybe you're not getting booked out because you're from Calgary and that's not the need right now, but someone in California is consuming your content and then is on your website and is listening to your playlists or consuming your store or your shop, your opportunity and your reach and your community is constantly growing. That's going to be what is sellable down the line in the future of digital and social media. Yeah. And I mean, the best part about what you said there, one of the best parts is you said, what's in it for you? I was, I'm glad you didn't use the E word exposure (laughs) because that is like the, the worst word you can say, obviously as a paid creator in anything. But so that's cool. I would, I would invite people to replace exposure with opportunity. Mm -hmm. I think that would be a really neat um, shift in terminology since we're all about positivity and mindset <laughs> and winning, we're, we're all about, you know, creating a winning strategy for ourselves on this platform or on these platforms, plural, that doesn't also diminish our mental health. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we, we can get into this as well. So as someone like you, I, I, I've seen you, I've, I don't know how you juggle what you do between Zoom meetings and managing clients social media and you have like your phone is just a bomb with messages and dings and (laughs) how how can people and this is the thing there's this whole movement of you know put your phone down live life you need to realize what's important and that's great i'm all for that but let's face it if you're not staying relevant and on top of things in the digital realm in 2021, 2020, you're going to sink. Yeah. So how, as someone who, you know, I'm sure you put in hundred hour weeks and continue to do so at times, Mm -hmm. how do you stay sane, but on top of things? I'm sure maybe this is something you're, you is a constant, maybe you're constantly tweaking this or trying to improve this because if you don't have your mental health at the end of the day, you're, you're not, you know, I think your health is first over anything. So maybe you can speak a little bit to that. Yeah, I think definitely this year was the biggest wake up call for me. Um, That's the one thing I can thank COVID for, honestly, the fact that it gave me space to realize that I was breaking inside. I was like you, I I didn't have, unfortunately, the timer to go off on my computer, computer to slow down. So last year, well, last year into this year, I really burned myself into the ground Mm. with the work and the consumption I was doing 24 seven. So the first thing I shifted was my boundaries, I think is a, I like to call us like digital service providers in terms of people think that because we're on these apps all the time, that we have the same mannerisms in terms of responsiveness. And so I'm really conscious of my boundaries as to what I can do, when I can do it, how I can do it. And that's something that I'm always going to be in the process of navigating and sharing and being vocal about, but setting boundaries with clients, with people online, with projects and deadlines, that was my first non-negotiable. Another point is, like you said, prioritizing health. I think when I can shift what's my priorities in the day in terms of okay, do I need to finish this and get online and start posting and start creating and being on top of what's happening? Or is first go to the gym, uh, read a book, drink my lemon water, have a healthy meal, then start the day. The morning has been like the miracle morning that I've set up for myself because if I don't do it first, I'm I'm never going to do it. 
And that speaks a bit to routine, you know, like, and I, I enjoy what you say there. I mean, for example, just before in the hours before we were about to do this uh, podcast recording, I was getting some editing done. And, uh, you know, I, I had the choice between I'm really I was really sore today. So I had the choice between, you know, getting a, a 20 minute stretch in or editing. And like I'm I'm in the headspace now where like I'm always going to pick me first. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's selfish, no. you know. And I think that's people struggle with picking themselves first, paying themselves first, even if you're an entrepreneur. Oh, yeah. Right. Like put yourself first and don't feel so bad about it. It's almost like this work guilt. And I think it a bit of it is because of social media, because when we take those breaks or we're not working and then we consume content, we're seeing other people's successes, their wins, them on sets, them behind the scenes. And then we start to freak out like, oh, okay, crap, I can't stretch out for 20 minutes. I should be editing or I should be coming up with yes. a new idea. Yeah. And it's that, uh, it's that hustle culture of if, if you're not working, somebody else is. Yeah. Um, And it goes back to people posting highlights, right? (laughs) Um, You know, that person spent two hours. I'm sure that person spent two hours watching Netflix at some point. You (laughs) guys just aren't, you aren't aligned in your day. So, but yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. You're, you're having, you're doing something that you think is lazy and not productive, the P word. And you see somebody else post an amazing piece of content that's super creative and you go, shit, like, okay, let me just slam the book that I'm reading, get on my computer and hop in Photoshop and, and then in that point, you're in a state of, I'll call it fearfulness. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anybody that I know has ever operated or come up with anything that's very no. good in a state of irrationality or, uh, or fearfulness. You know, no. you're just, if you're on edge, it's like the equivalent of drinking a, a coffee that has too much caffeine <laughs> and you're just jittery and you can't, you, you're, it's not going to work, right? No, it's so true. I so, feel yeah, like I think that anxiety is so prevalent right now honestly even with my clients that's the number one thing i see them doing is living in that rat race of trying to beat this non-existent clock of success that instagram is throwing in front of our face every single day but when you can realize that you control your own clock there is nothing and no one you're trying to beat right now that's when you truly create success for yourself when you realize that you're in control of it you're not competing with anyone else right and when you realize i'm better than i was yesterday i was i'm better than i was not the other person yeah uh, which I think is so important. And yeah, like you said, the rat race, what's it all for? I mean, there's there seems to be this idea that, okay, when I get this, I'll be happy then. Mm-hmm. You know, like when my business is up and running, I'll be happy then. Or then when it hits 100,000 sales, I'll be happy then. As opposed to, I'm happy now doing what I'm doing and I'm loving the journey. People don't like the journey anymore. And no. I think it takes a lot of unlearning, you know? That's what I feel like this year has been for me. Honestly, it's like a complete unraveling of what I thought I wanted by this point within my business and my company. Um, I did so much research uh, at the midst of COVID where it was all about happiness because I really wanted Mm -hmm. to understand why was I striving after what I had put on that vision board because all of a sudden it just didn't feel good. I had reached so many pinnacle moments within my career so early on that 
I thought I had it all. And then when I would sit down or when I would have a panic attack or when something would happen, I realized this is not what I signed up for. This is not truly what I want. Why did I create this life or this business for myself that isn't really aligned with what resonates with me or what's true to my soul? Yeah, I feel that big time. And I mean, I I was listening to another podcast. I can't remember uh, which one it was, but there was a guest on who introduced the idea of asking yourself why to everything and literally working backwards. Why am I doing this? Okay, why, 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 why? And you eventually get to the root of your why, of your big why. And I think when you find that out, you can start the process of beginning to enjoy what you've set out to do, right? Yeah. I love that example for, I know I'm, this is how my brain works though. I told you, I'm like a 70% <laughs> robot. <laughs> I'm like, I love that why example. Um, let's use it for bettering ourselves but at the same time that's a great thing to ask yourself when creating content on social media as well yeah i mean and any i guess any kind of content whether it's like a whether you're selling a product or if you're just posting a beautiful picture of a let's uh squirrel there you go i've been posting squirrels (laughs) lately so well because that's the biggest one of the biggest things i see that people um, mess up on or they don't do a great job of on social media they just throw things at a wall instead of asking themselves why am i creating this content who is this for etc right and i think going to that the best creators the ones that everybody follows and looks up to they know their why mm. um and i think if you continue to ask yourself why in reverse you'll get to a point where you really start your ego starts to dissolve if that makes sense and so many, uh, there's a lot of people who, who are in um, successful places in photography or videography or whatever who say like once your ego starts to die is when creativity really comes out. Because oh, you're I not doing it that. to impress anyone. You're not doing it to get likes. You're just, it's, it's, it's creativity in its purest. And I think all those people that we look up to are in that state to a degree. Yeah. No, it's so true. I think that that I want that like tattooed on my wrist. <laughs> that's, a, that's a long tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it's such a good reminder. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so let's get maybe into a little bit more technical things and strategy. Uh, I wanted to ask you, as someone who's pretty much seen it all in the social media realm, what are some of the biggest mistakes that people are doing to hinder their growth and to hinder uh, improving their online presence? I would say the number one thing to start, honestly, is people, and I think this mistake comes from just being a natural consumer of the app. If you and I'm speaking to like my age now, but say you were in grade 12 when Instagram came out, you were using it then, you were posting pictures of your friend and now you're 27 and you are a personal brand or a business owner, you have to flip the switch in your mind. You are no longer a consumer. You are a creator on the space. And this is a place for your business in terms of how you're going to set a precedent for how people see you or how you represent your personal brand. So ensuring that 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 switch is flipped. And then like we said, asking yourself, what is then the strategy behind this approach that I'm going to take with my voice on this space? It's a deep, question and it's a lot mm-hmm. of work at the beginning but you need to do that groundwork before you going go into even creating a content calendar or 
creating um, a way of uh, building leads on these apps, you can't start with creating or lead building until you really truly know the strategy behind um, your purpose on these spaces. Yeah, it's sort of foundational in a sense. Um, There's no point getting into, you know, proper hashtagging or proper networking or kind of the micro strategies Mm -hmm. if you don't have the base. Right. If that if that makes sense. Um, Well, let's maybe talk a little bit about some micro stuff um, because we were we were discussing earlier in the episode, specifically Instagram, um, where it's so hit and miss. It's just throwing, you know darts at a dartboard and something sticks and something doesn't which is incredibly incredibly frustrating yeah um what can people do to mitigate that i think the biggest thing for instagram and the easiest thing i tell everyone to do is pay attention to the app itself instagram is tricky because it makes us think that everything is at random in terms of how our engagement performs or our, our reach is created, yet it is very specific by Instagram's algorithm itself. So what we need to understand is how is the app updating and what is it pushing us to be a part of within those quarterly updates that take place? So we just had a massive update. Some people Mm -hmm. are happy about, some people are angry about. I definitely think this update is my favorite, not because I enjoy it, but because it's finally showing the true authenticity of what Instagram is for. And that's to feed the consumer with as much (laughs) propaganda as they can. And polarization, right? Like that, once you're straight up about it as a marketer too, you can use it to better people's lives and to enhance brands versus use it in a negative way. So I like to speak vocally about how it manipulates us as consumers, but basically what you could do as a photographer or, or as a business owner is look at the app. Okay, everyone's phone is updated this past two weeks. It's mm-hmm. completely changed as an interface. From a micro level, what is it pushing in front of us more than ever right now? Like what's the number one new thing on Instagram everybody's using? Reels. Reels, exactly. So <laughs> I, I get it right. you get right you get a star gold star so if instagram is throwing this into your face that's an immediate red flag to be uh, a creator in that space as much as possible because then you'll get these tokens i like to call them you'll get little rewards from instagram and instagram will then push you further within the algorithm within the feed that you want to be a part of now is that because they're trying to push their new feature yes it's all within their benefit Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I, and that's that the reels are obviously a direct response to TikTok. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a hard hitting response to TikTok. Um, I think you'll find like the true TikTokers and the people who love TikTok can see that there's, there's things about it that don't feel the same. And it's definitely the content that's pushed to you on Instagram from a real perspective is still very niche and narrow. It's not as widespread as TikTok. Like I'll get stuff on TikTok that I would never get on Instagram. Um, but you need to be playing it, playing in that space on Instagram because the reach though is still massive. The following, like I work with a client right now and she's a personal brand. She has a service that she offers, but will we, posted one reel last week or two weeks ago now that has resurfaced or gone viral again. And we're getting like, we've been getting upwards of 50 to a hundred new followers a day. 
Wow. That's insane. In ter- and then the next day she'll post a piece of uh, like imagery or a graphic and it won't do nearly what it could do in reach in comparison to a reel. Well, it's in Instagram's, it's in, in, it's in their interest to push their new feature. So that yeah. totally makes sense what you're saying. I've posted one reel, so I have the monkey off my back. But <laughs> don't you worry, I'll have more coming. I think the hardest part for a lot of people is is literally doing it. Yeah. How, I, how, do, how do I make a good reel? How do I do that? You know? Yeah. Um, I think that's where people like yourself come in to coach people through it. Um especially for photographers. There's the classic, there's the classic Mm -hmm. reel of, you know, you're at a beautiful spot, a landscape or whatever, and you have your tripod set up and you zoom zoom into the viewfinder and then some drop hits on an EDM song. And it's, it's your beautiful edit. And it's just like, it makes me want to put my fingers down my throat and because it is so cliche. And like, I think a lot of us, me included, struggle. I, th- I think a lot of artists struggle with being original. And that's very, it's very difficult at times to hop on the train with everybody else because maybe it's a bit of ego. But I think as artists, a lot of artists don't want to feel like everybody else, which is good. And it can also be detrimental yeah. if you're not wanting to get be a part of a trend that is ultimately going to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe just the first step is being aware of, of your stubbornness yeah. or, and, and just maybe from there s- motivating yourself to see what you can do to be original with the real. Yeah. And I always say, especially with artists and creatives, you have to be the most disciplined out of all of us with these channels because consuming them will hurt your inner creativity so much. Like if mm-hmm. I can tell you anything, wake up in the morning and create before you consume anything. If I was a photographer or an artist, a musician, I honestly wouldn't look at my phone until halfway through the day. Because if I know I need to create a reel or a piece of content online, it needs to come from within me. Cause I'm either going to get angry. I'm going to look at this stuff and be uninspired, or I'm just going to, like you said, my ego is going to come into play too strongly. You know what? I wrote that down. I'm going to start instituting that create before you consume, because if you are someone who checks your phone immediately in the day and does a few scrubs, you're already primed for the day of where the bar is at and what you should be should air quotes. People can't see what you should be doing. Um, You know, I've there's been guests on this show. I had a guy on named Ian Jones, who's an incredible urban photographer and just like a really cool dude. And he says he doesn't follow feature accounts on purpose. Um, He doesn't follow big uh, accounts because he doesn't a it doesn't want him he doesn't want it to affect what he's going to produce as mm-hmm. an artist and two he doesn't want to feel badly about some beautiful place that he can't go to at this current stage in his life and Ian is killing it he's like got a very level head on him and it just goes to show you the common denominators between people who have been on this show I'm big in looking at you know what are the the, the similar things that everyone's saying and I'm making notes of them. And so if, if tons of people who are in inspirational positions are saying the same thing, there's merit to it. So someone like yourself has said it, Ian said it. So yeah, I invite people to create before they consume. That's great. No, I love it. And what Ian's doing is right on track. I know people not even in the creative industries such as you guys, but they're in service industries where the comparison is too much for them. They've unfollowed 
80% of their following right now because they want to be so disconnected from the app that they are only ever in a space of creation and not even in a space of consumption. Right. And I mean, I can speak a little bit to this. Maybe it's not the same thing, but a few episodes ago, we had a talk about digital minimalism, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure you would have opinions on. Um, which you can you can talk about in a minute, um, but the idea of just gutting your home feed, mm. I've gotten into the habit of. If I saw this person on the street, would I say hello? <laughs> I love that. I love that. If the answer is no, I'm unfollowing you. <laughs> Two. <laughs> so, you say it so so straightforward. I love it. Well, think of, if you think. Okay, social media. The first word, social. social what is social you know connecting with people if i wouldn't even say hello to you on the street what a waste of my time yeah sorry to be blunt but what a waste of my time (laughs) two does this inspire me Mm -hmm. if it doesn't i don't need to see it if it's making me feel bad about myself or if it's making me compare myself to that person bye see ya so those are kind of my my two Mm -hmm. and then i think third I'll put this in parentheses is are you creating? Yeah. Like, are you consistently uploading content? One, because that tells me that you're active on the platform and that you will, you know, you and I can actually engage. And if you, you haven't posted since August of 2018, I, there's what at the end of the day, yeah, what is the need the for me to follow you? Even if you are a close friend, like I can just text you. I don't really need to see like you don't need to be part of part of that. Yeah. And it's, I equate it to cleaning your room. Like you just feel like, a, oh, wow, I can move around now. I can move around. And the first time after you do this and you get that notification that says you're all caught up, it's like the greatest feeling in the world. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I need to work. I need to spend time, like delegate time to do that. Cause man, I like everything you just said, I'm in love with. I think those like checkpoints are so perfect. And I think the biggest thing, like for me personally, with the digital minimalism is I, I'm so connected all the time and I rarely ever do consume just because it's not even enjoyable at that point. But when I catch myself, like even in the past few days, I can see that I've been over consuming in a really unconscious way and when I do that it's always rooted back to something else mentally it's like okay Lindsay what actually is going on that maybe you're distracting yourself from purposely or why aren't you doing what you know will be better for your health like what's holding you back in this space so just like a self-analysis and check-in when you reach Mm -hmm. that point where you're like "Mm, I know I'm leaning onto this tool this digital tool in a really negative way right now and I want to change that I love that you said that when you're consuming unconsciously, you're distracting yourself from something because I've felt that directly when I've had periods of, I wouldn't call it like full-blown anxiety, but when I've been anxious at, mm-hmm. a, at a period in my life and I find myself scrolling, I'll catch myself, like you said, consuming and and asking myself, okay, what am, what are you really distracting yourself from right now? What, why are you do what are you delegating this attention away from because yeah. you're really using it as a crutch um re- the only way i can really think of to be consuming consciously is i'm looking for inspiration i'm looking for good people to connect with i'm looking yeah. to see what this person i really care about is up to like that's conscious consumption when you're just zombie scrolling you're distracting yourself from a pain that you're not addressing yeah. elsewhere or something that's more important that you don't want to do and i guess that maybe speaks to um 
it's not laziness because I know people who are super motivated, myself included, who, you know, the odd time this happens. But <laughs> yeah. You're distracting yourself from something that you don't want to do or you don't want to face typically. Yeah. No, it, it's that's dead on exactly how I think we need to address it vocally as a community too, because it's so correlated. And this is like not, I don't want to say like conspiracy, <laughs> conspiracy based, but I personally think because I'm in it 24 seven, I can say this. Think about that. We, you and I distract when we're distracting ourselves or when we're in a negative mindset, we go into that scroll mode. And right now the most popular scroll mode thing is reels and TikTok and this quick snippet video. And we're all consuming it so aggressively as a collective. That means we're all not mentally okay right now. And we're choosing this outlet. So as much as I encourage um, social media, and that's why I've chosen this title going into 2021 as a conscious digital educator. It's because I don't just teach people how to use social media to make money or to build a better brand, but I want to actually be helping you fit this digital tool into your life in a way that won't make you use it negatively or hurt your mental health in the long run. Yeah. I mean, I, I love that. I think there's a, there's an obvious difference between being an unconscious consumer and a conscious consumer of social media. And I think you may have I won't be surprised if in a year I start seeing people with LinkedIn titles that say CDE, Conscious Digital (laughs) Educator. I think you might have coined a buzzword there, which is awesome. I I worked hard on it, honestly. I sat on that for because I was I was continually getting asked, "What do you do? What do you do?" I'm a digital marketer, but I I don't feel like a digital marketer. There's so many more things that I feel like. So thank you. I appreciate. I'm I'm glad you approve. (laughs) I big time approve. I think a digital marketer is concerned with sales. That is A1. How can I get my clients sales from the use of Wi-Fi? Yeah, exactly. And I'm concerned about your happiness as a brand owner. And I think if the sales are there, you're happy. There was a great study that I I really held on to this year that was they uh, did the research and the development to decide what how much money someone needs to make in order to be happy. And the number is $70,000. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, seven, yeah, 70K a year. Yeah, and then after that, every dollar more you make after that, your happiness does not improve at the same rate or at all. Yeah. So that to me was like a slap in the face in terms of not only for myself, but for my clients, because I do service a lot of clients who they have goals of being in six, seven figure ranges or they are, or they're on the way there. And I needed to shift the mentality of the money will always be on the table. I will always know how to make people money on social media on di- through digital marketing, but how will I ever know how to hold space for their happiness and their consciousness and give them that mold of being mentally sane, but also financially stable. And it's, it's not easy, but I'll be working on this my entire life, but it is my goal to be able to hold space and educate people to attain both simultaneously. That's cool. It's a giant case study. Yeah. <laughs> in, in human behavior. And I don't know, there's lots of room for research in this. Oh, yeah. Um, I want to go back always, to school and be a scientist. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, I've always had interest personally in psychology. Like yeah. my mom's a psychotherapist. Um, I'm just very interested in how people's brains work. 
and more recently how we can get it to work for us. I really mm-hmm. think that the chatter we have in our head is an evolutionary disaster. <laughs> we have a 2 million year old brain that has not kept up with the pace of the increase in technology and stimulus. Oh. And that's why we're seeing so many um, increased cases of depression, yeah. anxiety, your primal brain just cannot keep up with it. So I've been big into the, okay, how can we make decisions and how can we talk ourselves off the ledge metaphorically so we can enjoy what we're doing right now, not yeah. 10 years from now when I have a million dollars, not, you know, five years from now when I finally meet that someone. It's like, you got to be happy now and find a way to do that. Otherwise, your existence, there's no point. No. So, um, I like that conscious digital educator and the field of social media ethics. Yeah, almost. literally, which is it's it's like you said, it's still being researched. I don't we don't even the ethics of social media this year have even completely changed between social justice, politics, disease, mm-hmm. health related things like what we thought. If you could think about Facebook's requirements for an ad four years ago to today, what's being shown to us, what we can't say, what has to be said. It's insane. So like, I can only imagine what textbook will be out come like 2050 about social media ethics. And oh yeah, I think it's, I think it's really cool though. It's just at this point, I feel like <laughs> we won't tell them. I feel like I'm using my clients as my case studies. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I'm sure you're giving on. them enough value that that's, that's an okay byproduct. Yeah. But I mean, if there's something to be said for it, it's, it's kind of ridiculous that we're being fed back the information to make sales for people that we give them for free. I mean, have you seen The Social Dilemma, that yes. movie on Netflix? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there, there's been this phrase from that. I'm, everyone who's listening, watch that. Yes. You won't touch your phone for the rest of the day. <laughs> um, there's a saying in there that I, I haven't been able to get out of my head since I watched it, and it was, if you're not paying for the platform, you are the product. Yes. Uh, could not be more true. So you're really just being like when you get those ads and you think that, you know, Siri's listening to you, <laughs> you're the product. Yes. Um, you're being sold to digital marketers and advertisers. And it's important to be aware of that and to get on the right side of that if you're selling something and to also get on the right side of it mentally, which is simply being aware. Mm-hmm. That's and you've said it perfectly. The awareness is key. And you're going to watch that documentary and you're going to be scared. Like immediately I watched that and I went to see if I could apply to work with the guy who started the documentary. I want him to come on this show. Oh my goodness. He is, he's fascinating. And I think he's so brilliant because it's not that he's saying there is evil and there is good, but he is saying that there needs to be awareness. And when we are aware, then we make the right decisions and the natural decisions for ourselves as the buyer or seller but I think people just they're still so unconscious and and that's why if you're either a photographer or you own a fortune 500 company be aware as to what is your strategy on social media why Mm. are you in that space why are you consuming that person and then you have this beautifully well-rounded approach and relationship with these apps themselves 
Yeah, no, I couldn't say it better. Um, let's wrap up with something. Um, so obviously, you and I have worked together just because I took shots for your uh, the businesses you were representing um, through the social place. And, you know, we could talk about networking and how that landed. Um, but what do you think photographers listening who... I, I think it's really good if you can get hooked up with some sort of agency, whether it's huge or local, um, just to provide you with some extra income um, using your camera. What are some things that are important to get you in those positions simply beyond being good, maybe some interpersonal skills and what maybe like what would you, what would what would help you decide on a photographer that just like randomly emailed you or reached out to you? I think um, Seth is such a great example of this too because oh, you said first- you wouldn't do it. You said you wouldn't make me blush, and you're gonna do it. Well, because I, <laughs> for a photographer, when you're collaborating with other right. creatives or agencies or art directors, I think that my what I find most value in is someone who can really have a well balanced approach to their relationship with the person that they're working with, that being like myself, who is contracting you out or as well, the client on set, because there's been instances and I, I honestly didn't even think I would be able to do this one day where I've given Seth the, the plan for the day and told him to go on his own or meet someone there. Oh, yeah. Like, are you coming or am I good to go? (laughs) And that takes so much confidence. But when you can, like, in from me and and him, but when you have that confidence, because I know Seth can deal with a client so respectively, but at the same time, him and I have such an amazing friendship and relationship and working relationship. So when you have the ability to almost like, I want my photographers or anyone that I hire to be able to pretend they were me to run a business. So thinking of even if they're contracting me or even if I work for this agency, I could sit in the place of the CEO if he or she wasn't on board or in this room right now. And secondly, if I was sitting with that business owner or CEO at a bar or restaurant, I could also have a really authentic, real relationship with them as well. When you can mix those two together, that's the trifecta of landing the job. Um, I also think, especially now, being diverse in your shooting ability, but showcasing that. So with Seth, he does it beautifully online. Naturally, I really didn't need to ask to see anything because he shares so much of his work, but he doesn't pigeonhole himself based off of what he thinks, um, based off of his personal opinion of what looks good. I think you're very strategic with what you show on social media and how you share your work because you know, I might not be attracted to this or that, but I would really like the third image. So as an artist, it's hard, but almost turn off your personal taste and think about the person you're marketing to or you want to attract and what would they want to see within that grid or that feed or within your stories and how can you diversify that approach versus just sharing portraits from weddings because that's your favorite thing or that's where you think you shine. It's not about that. I really want to see how you would shoot a flat lay. I want to see if you have video capabilities. I want to see um, your personality because you might be on set alone. So how can you showcase that online? Um, That would be another win for me as well. Yeah. And I mean, it's interesting that you, you said like, I don't post 
I, I don't post any of the commercial stuff that I do, mm-hmm. obviously, as you know, because it's not what I want to convey like as my artistic outlet. But I also want people like yourself to know that I am capable of taking pictures of more than just a landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I'll put the, you know, I'll put graphics together using Canva and I'll throw it in a story. Mm-hmm. Um, like we did that with Nova Health Club, the the gym. Um there were a couple others we did it with. I can't remember. But um, for background, like I've shot everything from oh, yeah. the <laughs> CHA architecture to like lipstick to, and people listening won't know that because I really don't, um, it doesn't fit my theme of like being outdoorsy and stuff. And mm-hmm. that's fine. This goes back to strategy. But, you know, the odd time I'll throw out like a car photo or like yeah something that blends in with what I'm trying to get across, I guess. I'm I'm struggling to find the words. But like you said, you're still able to pick out if you were going searching, you're still able to pick out, um, okay, like he did this here, which means he can probably do that for this client. Um but going into how we got hooked up would be so uh Lauren, who used mm-hmm. to work for you, um, is dating uh somebody who I used to go to school with and roomed with. So I mean this just goes to show you like sometimes connections are just people you know i know it's so cliche to say but there's a level of confidence in knowing someone personally before you work with them professionally and that's Mm -hmm. why like i've been saying a lot just be friends with everyone because you never know who's gonna need what right um it's not like i sent in a resume to you or anything it was kind of like this is what i this is what i do um and we were both at a point where we both needed something you know what I mean? And so when that happens, um, the universe will give both of you the opportunity you need if you're in the right place and, and you're you're doing the right thing. So Yeah, I think just like you said, be friends with everyone. But second to that is ensure that everyone knows what you do. I think a lot exactly. of people forget to share that. Um, but lead with your craft, lead with what you love. And then once you can share that, it'll be given back to you tenfold. I don't even think I've ever, I think maybe I've asked for one resume, honestly, because I'm, I, I'm built such off instinct and the work that the people can actually create. And personality. Yeah. Like your grid is personality on Instagram. And I've said this before. Oh yeah. And I think even with Seth and my relationship with you and how why I was so attracted to your work is because I could see the potential of what you could create for me. And that's the mm-hmm. thing to lean on too. You might think you want to work with some other agency, but maybe another one spots you out because they love your approach. Be open to anything from whichever avenue it comes, don't be so dead straight on, oh, I need to land that role as that job, as that graphic designer, or that photographer with that company. But instead, almost see the potential of the landscape online and within your own sphere of influence. Awesome. That's all good advice. Lindsay, this has been awesome. This is a great point to wrap up. So thank you for joining me and being the first non-photographer on the show. Yes. breaking the chain i broke the chain i can't wait to see who's next no i'm it's it can be awesome i'm glad everyone's gonna list, get the chance to um hear a different episode more about the approach to social media and navigating it healthily 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 <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad too i'm so happy i could be here Thanks again, everyone, for listening to another episode of the Photographer Mindset Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this episode with Lindsay and you walked away with some knowledge or 
something that you can implement in your daily routine. Um, what I want to encourage is anyone listening to DM me at Seth Macy, S-E-T-H-M-A-C-E-Y, your questions or topics that you'd like to see covered in an episode. Uh, until next time, guys, go get shooting, go get editing, and stay focused. See you then. Thank you.